0: Hey everyone, this is Kevin Henry, the editor-in-chief for DoctorByCustod.com, coming to you live today from the Rocky Mountain Dental Convention, in Denver, Colorado. You're going to hear some background noise because we are on the show floor here in Denver. Super excited to be talking with Dr. Gabe Bowen, who's a professor of geology and geophysics at the University of Utah. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks,
0: Kevin. Well, okay, I've got to ask, what are you doing
1: at a dental clinic?
0: Let's talk about
1: this. Good question, good question. Uh, well, I'm here to meet dentists. Seems okay. like a good place to meet dentists. And, uh, representing a research project that we uh, have going on in my group. Uh, it's called Project Find'em, and that's uh, Forensic Identification of Our Nation's Deceased Use a Element Mapping. Uh, this project's really about using the chemistry of teeth to help identify our uh, missing service members. Which, first of all, thank you for
0: doing that. That is that is such a, a cool thing. And when you first introduced me to this yesterday, uh, I did. I looked at your website, which we will make sure we link in the show notes, as well as uh, you know, give a plug at the end so that everybody knows where that is. Yeah. but it's about the isotopes in our enamel. Yeah, and that's fascinating, Dree. Tell tell me how that looks into helping our our men and women who serve overseas.
1: Yeah, it's a a little bit of a long path to get there, but uh, isotopes uh, are in all of our body tissues, including our tooth enamel. Uh, We're working with tooth enamel because that nice, hard enamel preserves very well from a service member who might have been lost in World War II in the Pacific. We can still find those teeth and extract chemical signatures from that enamel. And what we're looking at, as you mentioned, is isotopes. Um, And in particular, we're looking at oxygen. So, the atoms of oxygen in our teeth enamel, and not all of them weigh the same amount. Some are a little heavier, some are a little lighter. Those are isotopes. And the amount of those different isotopes varies depending on where you lived when those teeth grew.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's amazing to me because, and we'll, we'll talk about your ask of the bill industry here at minute. but those isotopes, you know, I, gr- I grew up in Oklahoma. Okay. My wife grew up in Washington. So our isotopes are different because of where we grew up in the States. I never realized that until you talked to us.
1: Absolutely, and you, uh, growing up in Oklahoma, have probably some of the heaviest oxygen of any American in your tooth and nail. Oh, good for me. I right. mean, that's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, so tell
0: me. The convention is that, obviously, you look at the isotopes of the service-to-matter who have passed away, and you can tell from there where they grew up based on density. What, what is it that you want to look at specifically?
1: Yeah, so we're working with a group at the Department of Defense, the defense POW-MIA accounting agency, and then their mission is to go out and recover remains and missing service members. Uh, that's the start of it. Then they have to bring it back to the laboratory, and they have to identify who they have, uh, which can be a real challenge. They use lots of different tools. They use DNA and other things. Uh, isotopes are one thing that we're helping add to their toolkit. That's very cool. And, yeah, so the idea is if we know what isotopes look like in teeth for people who grew up in different parts of the country, they can measure the remains they recover, get those isotope signatures, and compare them to a map, essentially, to figure out, ah, oh, this person, likely grew up in New England, Oklahoma, okay. Washington. Wow. So how did you connect with the Department of Defense? How did this come about? Yeah, so the DOD has been uh, obviously working on this, this problem, this challenge for a very long time now, and um, they're constantly trying to add new approaches, right, because it is so challenging to do these identifications. Um, folks that I worked with uh, in the past were hired to build out a laboratory for the DOD to do those kind of isotope testing, okay. and they've done that, but in the process I also realized that they need the science to go with it and to help them interpret the data, and that's where we come in through this partnership
0: great me if I'm wrong. I was doing a little bit of background on this. On your site, there's something to do with the water as well that, that ties into those isotopes, uh, depending on where we live and what we drink, right?
1: Exactly. The oxygen in your teeth comes mostly from the water that you drink. Okay. And that's the origin of the signal. The isotopes in the water are different place to place. micro has been working on that for a couple decades. Now we're just extending that into the human body and looking at those same signatures and how they locked into the teeth. So how long has this been going? What are some of the, I, I hate
0: to say success stories, but how have you all, the Department of Defense, helped each other during this time?
1: Yeah, it's early going uh, still, I would say, at this point, but we've okay. been working with them on starting to build this capacity. Okay. They have a few tests that they're already using routinely, Guys. Nice. Um, not this uh, tooth oxygen test yet, but for example, um, other isotopes in bones and teeth can help distinguish between Americans and individuals who might be of Southeast Asian origin, that looks to our diets being different. Okay. So for example, if they have commingled remains from a recovery, uh, one of the tests that they'll run is a carbon isotope test to fairly quickly tell uh, these remains are likely American service members and these are not. So it's food, water, all this combines all these isotopes. We say you are what you eat, and with isotopes that's exactly the truth. So, so tell me, you said
0: you're looking for dentists here. Yeah. What is the ask that you're looking for, not only here at Rocky Mountain, but also of
1: our audience as well? Sure, yeah. Um, we'll agree this project what we need to be successful is we need to collect wisdom teeth from donors across the United States. We're targeting something around 2,000 individuals. So it's a lot of people that we need to donate wisdom teeth. Um, and we're here trying to connect with dentists and oral surgeons, Uh, who can help us connect with their patients. Um, What we're trying to do is generate awareness of the project so that individuals who are scheduling wisdom tooth extraction can go to our website, can sign up for the study, and then can donate their teeth after they're extracted. Um, And We think that if dentists or surgeons are excited about this and helping to advertise the study of their patients, that's gonna be a great way of making these connections. So
0: the they extracted teeth then help you understand the isotopes in that area, which then helps you connect what might be a missing in service wallet.
1: Exactly yeah yeah so we with the donors, uh, we have to fill out a lot of short survey, a 10- minute survey to tell us about where they lived when they were a child, when those two teeth were forming. Okay. Um, they either save the teeth themselves and we send them a mailer to send it in or uh, the dentist can submit it. And then, uh, yeah, the study participant gets a gift card. We take the teeth to our lab, make the ice tilt measurements, and it all goes into this big database.
0: And do you, do you need to protect the identity of those who are donating, or how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah, it's a human subject study, and so we have a full set of protocols where when donations are made, the life history information is separated from the teeth, and we use anonymous codes to, to link the two. So, perfect world, a dentist who's listening to this anywhere in the
0: country could reach out to you, figure out a way to do the forms, whatever it is, to make sure that the teeth come from the patient. They sign off on it and then eventually they get to you at very easy to research.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's even simpler than that, Kevin. It's, uh, they reach out to us. Uh, we will send them some brochures and just a little bit of information on the study. and All we're asking them to do is uh, when somebody comes to them and they see the wisdom teeth need to come out, uh, if they're referring them, if they're doing the extraction in-house, just share the material, the brochure with them and say, hey, consider signing up for this study. Um, And we can take it from there, basically.
0: I think that is really cool and such a such a good way to do it. So so plug the website, if you don't mind, or, or the way thank you to hold to you. Yep. Again, we'll have this in the show notes. It's easy to find as well.
1: For sure. So our website is findem.org, F-I-N-D-E-S-H-E-M.org. And uh, that'll take you to a place where you can see our, our study materials, learn more about the study itself, and get in touch with us. Yeah. you can ask my wife, I geeked
0: out a little bit over this last night, just seeing where all the you all have already gotten samples of isotopes and, you know, how you all can really connect. Like I said, Oklahoma to Washington or Colorado or anywhere else. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's, um, I don't know, it's it's going to be challenging to get all the samples, but we think with uh, the right kinds of partnerships and you know, with the dental community on our side, we can do it so how long did it get you working on isotopes
0: and then this whole project itself is this a a pet project of yours or how did you get involved personally
1: yeah I'm like i I said uh, i've been working on those isotopes and their spatial distribution and then you know how how they vary from place to place for quite a while um i actually came to this through uh, other forensic applications and through ecology so what we're doing with humans and teeth you can do with migratory birds and bird feathers or butterflies and their wings. That's uh, it's being used by ecologists, it's used, being used by archaeologists and some forensic scientists. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to you know what's known and, and build this database that's really needed to take it to the next level for this POWMIA uh, application. You know, and I told you before
0: we went on the air, my, my mom's always been active with POWMIAs, but that's always been the Vietnam era. You know, you're talking about going back even further, which I think is is really fascinating in and of itself, to get closure in these families.
1: Yeah, there's still more than 80,000 missing service members out there from World War II up through the Gulf War, and wow. uh, so a
0: lot of work to be done. Well, it's good work that you all are doing, and thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thanks for talking with me. Absolutely. Give the website one more time, if you don't mind. Findem.org. Find-em.org.
0: That's great. Fascinating stuff and yes, we will absolutely keep up with this on drbicuspid.com. I think this is really cool. Uh, we wanna hear some updates. We wanna hear some success stories as well.
1: We'll get we to, we'll keep you in touch. All right.
0: Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the DoctorByCustod.com podcast. Yes, absolutely great things happening out there, things that you can help with, things that will make a difference in the lives of people all over this country. So yes, please reach out and we will be back in touch soon here on the DoctorByCustod.com podcast.